With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why didn't you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just 2 bucks on the one 2 3 menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, good evening, and welcome to another episode of Touchland Frecus. Uh, today, we're joined by, um, yeah, a very international and diverse crowd, I'd, I'd say. Um, we're going to intro Jermaine first. How you doing, bro? What's good? Yeah, all good, my brother. How are you? Yeah, man. You'll never walk alone and all them things. <laughs> yeah, man. So, yeah, man. Um, yeah, so, and then we've got Dan. How you doing, Dan? Our Bundesliga correspondent. What's good, man? You all good, Teddy? Yeah, how you doing, man? What's, what's welcome to uh, Touchland Fracas in, in German? Like, in, what's this? It's pretty similar. What it's pretty that? similar. They're coming to Touchland Fracas. Oh, okay, okay. I'll I, I remember that for, ne- for next time. <laughs> <laughs> cool. And we have uh, Julian in his uh, do-rag. Um, he's just telling us about not social distancing. What was he saying there, bro? Nah, it's nothing, man. I just... I was, I was, I've been here all weekend still, I can't lie, so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, just, just been chilling. Head yeah, scratching. Man. Yeah, head scratching. Just head scratching. Scrag on, yeah, man. Like, it's mad, but it's good, man. It's good. I'm all right, I'm all right. Cool. Um, and then we have our La Liga correspondent, Dems. How you doing, bro? What's good? Ah, yes, yes. Hola, hola. Hola, hola. Yes, yes, yes. Black Siddler, Dems. What's up, people? Yeah, so I specifically wore this top just for Dems. Um, Obviously, know, man's got the, the Real Madrid tracksuit. My, my, my enemy or my enemy, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, man. All right, let's 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 get into it. Um, so, today, obviously, we're going to speak about um, Bundesliga and stuff like that. But before we get into that, um, I wanted to start on the news about three players from Brighton testing positive for COVID. 
Um, and then obviously with that news, you saw Todd Cantwell uh, quote tweet and basically said, uh, we're, we're human too. Um, what do you guys kind of think about that? Because uh, we've been discussing on this podcast about, um, yeah, the season coming back. But um, yeah, some of these players kind of have families and it, it was quite interesting for, for, for Cantwell to actually be public with, um, with, with a statement like that. So yeah, what do you guys think? Anybody can chime in. Yeah, man. Um, I'll start off with that one. I totally agree with him. I totally agree with that sentiment that he's putting out there because I feel like there's been a lot of um, intentional and unintentional pressure, um, especially on the Premier League players, because um, obviously, look, we all enjoy football and especially in a time like this, we would love it to be back on. But um, I feel like that, that pressure um, has been dripping, well, not dripping, but leaking onto the players in the sense of, um, people want it back so quickly. They want them to rush back and um, like get straight back in. When realistically, okay, say let's all um, they all go back on that, and um, say somebody contracts it. You know, another player contracts it, and another player, another player, another player. They're scared too, isn't it? Mm. So I feel like um, I can definitely see where he's coming from with that. And then we just need to recognize that. Um, well, not we, but the the powers that be need to recognize the fact that it is a game, not like the be one end all. Mm. They should go back when it is completely safe for them to do so. And if it's not, then not come back. No, yeah. no, no, that's fair. Um, I'm interested to hear, uh, Julian. Julian, what do you think? Because you're a Liverpool fan. You know, Liverpool, um, clearly, they're going to win the league um, as it stands. Uh, obviously, you know, most important thing is human life. But um, when you're talking about in regards to football, Liverpool have... The, the 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 most to lose and I always see Liverpool fans under comments thinking there's an agenda when everybody says let's uh let's void the league or whatever and yeah sometimes there is an agenda but yeah I would like to get your thoughts on that and, um, and what you think about Cantwell uh publicly uh disagreeing. At the end of the day um I, I agree with I agree with them. Um it's yeah they, these people should not be playing and this goes for around the nation not even just with footballers like footballers as Cantwell said just because they're superstars in our eyes and they earn lots of money doesn't mean that they're immune to this illness as much as all of us make they may recover for it faster but not immune to it at all um the fact that even as a nation we're going with black we're planning to relax this lockdown is quite poor in general and the fact that you know you're forcing you know like yeah again you're forcing footballers to now um, go outside in such still quite dangerous climates and play against people that are probably going to be, you know, around people, travelling around people. And it's, it's still the same, like, it's, nah. Now, like, with Liverpool fans talking like there's an agenda for, you know, for people to um, lock off the league because they don't want us to win. Like, literally, like, of course, there are going to be this, there's going to be the odd few that are, you know, taking it a bit too far and, more, and you know, want, want to make it a laughing joke. But at the end of the day, people are all right. Like, as much as they, as much as they don't want Liverpool to win the league, the fact remains: people are dying, and it's the adversely title while there's a real pandemic going on. It's, 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 it's not, it's nothing about being selfish or agendas. It's about human lives, and yeah, I definitely feel like these players shouldn't force, force start anytime soon um, to play football. Um, just, just, just for entertainment. But again, it all comes down to money. Like Sky Sports and BT are probably putting pressure on them, saying we gave you a certain amount for a certain amount of games that need to go live. Um, also, you know, club funds, players needed to get paid. It's all, it's all a, a rolling effect that is, yeah, that all comes down to money. And these, that's what these footballers are, are being faced to. They're being faced to 
neat quotas that clubs need to get to you know the to, to you know um for their sponsorship bills or, or whatever and what so so yeah man Campbell's completely right he should be scared and I think the Premier League and the FA and football clubs in general should um around the world should just look at if it's the right decision to um, move forward with football so soon. Yeah, no, that, that that's that's um that's interesting. Um, on top of that, uh, I think it was Delaney, uh, the journalist. Um, I didn't read the article, but there was a point in the headline where he he spoke about uh, a potential opt out. Uh, so if you're a player, for example, and you know you're fearful, or you live with somebody that's vulnerable, or yeah, you're just you're just scared. There's a a potential opt out. Um, of playing a game or playing during this COVID crisis. Uh, what do you guys think about the opt-outs, uh, you know, the opt-out scenario? Because um, on top of that, uh, what someone was saying is basically there's footballers that currently want the league to come back because they have a certain lifestyle that they need to maintain. So whether some of their wages have dropped or bonuses or whatever, for their own selfish reasons, they wouldn't mind playing. But again, there's some footballers that are fearful and um, yeah, if they, as Catmore said, they're, they're, they're humans too. So, what would you, how, how do you guys feel about a, a potential opt out um, type of system in place for any player? Obviously, okay, I, I, no, go oh, on, sir, go, go ahead, bro. No, I was going to say, I was going to say that in terms of the opt out thing, I I don't really think that that will. Um, it just sounds messy. That whole that whole system of like players opting out because I think. As soon as a few of the key players, for example, opt out of of certain teams or whatever, then <laughs> they're going to be at a disadvantage straight away. So, in the, in in terms of that, that won't be fair. And then at the same time, there should just be an overall decision on whether they're going to play or not, just collectively as a team. I don't think it has to be a thing where players come, like they say, they're going to go ahead with the thing, and then players come out and say, "Oh, listen, you know, I'm going to opt out." Because I feel like eventually, what will happen is players will opt out. And the more the more players see like um, certain players opting out, it's just going to be like a ripple effect to the point where you have like only two men on the pitch. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like it's not. It's, I, I don't really see how, say for example, Aguero and the Bruyne are opt out, and City City players are still, you know, cool with going out there and playing ball. It it just wouldn't. It wouldn't even. It wouldn't even work. Firstly, I I personally think anyway. I don't think it would work. And yeah, just generally, I think just for. The, the whole look of the whole thing, I just, it won't bode well. Like, there'll be so many repercussions with that kind of pathway. So I feel like they definitely need to, to get hold of, like, um, to get hold of the whole thing in terms of, like, making a, a final decision. But it definitely has to be something that's collective and not just down to, like, individuals in terms of, like, yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not playing because of, you know, this whole situation or whatever. Because I feel like it will just, it will leave a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths, especially like in and around the club. And you know, it just don't really look good. And also, with that I just add like, as a Liverpool fan, it feels so it feels so horrible winning the league. If like, for example, the superstars of other clubs that we wanted to beat along the way, it feels horrible now winning the league. I can't lie to you. I'll be very hundred percent honest with you. Like winning the league doesn't feel good in these circumstances. I'd rather, if to be honest, the league get null and void. And just lock it off because these circumstances where we're going to be playing in five or six collective stadiums and three groups of three groups of whatever training with each other, like it's not the Premier League. This is not what we signed up for or at, in August to watch. No, like I'm, I'm, nah, I'm not with it. No. 
Oh, yeah, man, cool. just to... Um, sorry, sorry, just no, one cool. last thing. Um, I completely agree with what Jay said about the, the hot up captain. It's, it doesn't make sense um, to have it because, um, again, you just need one key player to do it and then it's like a domino effect and then that's it, bro. Like, you just get fair people um, saying they don't want to. And the thing is, everybody will be fully within their right um, to do it anyway. It's just a matter of coming back when it is safe for every single player to be um, back training, back playing, going back to their families. Because obviously they, they still have to go back to their families after the match. It's not mm. as if they're all going to keep them in a hotel and say, yeah, we all know that you guys don't have it, so you will stay together. And then, because no one's going to stay away from their family. Man. What's the point? So, yeah, it has to come back when it's safe for everyone. Because the, the up-tap thing, it's just going to be messy, like Jay said, isn't it? So, um, yeah. It just, it just has to be, everyone comes up when it's safe, man. Yeah, I agree. I think the up thing makes no sense. Um, a lot of times, footballers make decisions together as well as, as a team. So you you can have a whole team opting out and then <laughs> they wouldn't play. Like West Ham probably wouldn't play. Um, I think I've seen a lot of the top, the, the bottom six don't want to play at all. Um, of, of course, this might have sporting reasons as well, but there'll be other teams that could completely opt out and then, where you play the league with six six teams or something like that. Yeah, it makes no sense. Um, the turn when it's safe, the turn when everyone else can play, make a collective decision. Um, I don't know. I don't understand. Oh, I don't. I'm not with these creative solutions they're trying to find just to to um to fulfill contractual requirements. Um, yeah, not with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just to kind of echo what you guys said, um, the opt out situation doesn't really seem. Um, you know, uh, the most sensible situation. But again, I think the Premier League clubs are trying to find every single way to play the game, but still, you know, low-key trying to make players feel comfortable with uh, a possible option. But again, I don't I don't know what happens. And then, so yeah, anyway, uh, following uh, the Premier League and Brighton's um, announcement of three players having COVID, um, just before we recorded a podcast, uh, it was reported that in Spain, across the two top leagues, five players have asymptomatic system, um, symptoms of uh, COVID-19, meaning they've had it but haven't recovered. And I think um, the Spanish leagues were putting in uh, a system in place for players to come back to training as, as, as long as they've as long as they've passed um, two COVID tests, so they would have to test negative uh, for COVID-19 twice for them to come back. Um, just quickly, because we've kind of spoken about this in, in regards to the Prem, do you feel like some of these leagues are forcing it? Because even saying it, it just seems like such a force. Um, you know, players are still recovering, still temp- testing positive. Like, this just seems such a force. What do you, what do you guys think regarding that? Yeah, definitely. They got um, they got sponsors. They got stakeholders down the neck saying, "Yo, you're not fulfilling this contract. Let's talk about the compensation packages." And they're like, "Nah, nah, nah. Let's let's go back to playing football." <laughs> That's what it is. Um, they have to pay back um, for TV for t- the TV rights and whatever contractual obligations they had with partners. Um, this is all a money thing, and this whole situation just shows me how money oriented we are in 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 this in, in this day and age. So um. I don't think it's sensible at all when there's people that and players that have contracted it um, from that league to um, even go back to training, to be honest, because um, it's just, it seems risky. I think it's, it's a bit similar to what happened to Dybala 
um, where there was also false reporting saying he has got corona again. No, he just hasn't recovered from it, and he's tested positive on numerous occasions, which is why he can't go back to training and and um, um, uh, even even just a separate training sessions with with um, one coach and maybe one guy three meters away from him. Um, I think it has to be safe for everyone to return. Um, yeah, it's sad that that it is like this, but. Um, it's, it's, it's better to play when it's safe for everyone. Otherwise, we'll, we'll, we'll do something which we'll regret, I think. So, definitely, it's true as well. And the thing is, they're definitely forcing it as well because like, they're not even thinking about the image that it has on, on whichever league, um, for example, decides to come back first. It's like, say, for example, the Prem decide to come back in these circumstances and then two or three players get it. And then in result of that, like, God willing, it don't happen, but in result of that, um, somebody passes away in that family. The image you that that image stays there now. It, you can't you can't get rid of that image. Like in terms of, it was our fault that that happened. In terms of it's it's us as a nation decided to go ahead with it. Let the players play. Let the players catch it. Take it home to their families. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Like it's it's so much deeper than just like getting back getting back entertainment or getting back football just so that every man can celebrate you know, their team kicking about a ball because that's literally what it is, you know what I mean? Like, obviously, for us that love football, it's more than that. But generally speaking, like, it's not that deep in terms of what we're, what we're trying to rush back. Like, I hear the whole money thing and all of that, but in terms of the image that you're left with, if it goes wrong, it's so much more of a... It's, it's, a, it's a much bigger sacrifice for me in terms of the money. You see what I'm saying? Because money comes and goes regardless. Like, I know it's a lot of money, but money comes and goes. Lives don't. So it's like, it's, it's, it's a bit mad, like yeah. the, the, the way they're trying to push it. And I feel like even on the outside of football as well, the way they're pushing football back as well, and they're hyping it up and hyping it up to the point where people are going outside now just to go and throw a Frisbee. You think, you think when Man United, <laughs> Man United you, think, you think that when Man, Man here that Man United and, and whoever are playing again, yeah, that they're not going to go and link up at Man's Yard and, and watch the game? Come on, man. Like, this is... It's, it's just so amateur the way these people are thinking. It's, it's ridiculous. Like, I yeah, actually don't rate it whatsoever. It's, it's, a, it's, a very, um, it's a very mad situation, isn't it? Because, you know what? On all sides, I can actually see... I can actually see, like, where everyone's coming from in terms of, like... Um, the players, obviously, the safety and stuff like that. But the money, like... It's a real, it's a real like, big deal because... Um, the fact that everything is stopped, there's no money flowing in this regard, like, and people have paid billions, like, literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions um, for this to be going on. So, if I was a businessman, I'd be saying, get your fucking asses back on the pitch. <laughs> get your ass on the pitch. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Do you pay this bill? Do you pay this bill? Do you pay this Get back on the pitch. <laughs> but you can't do that, innit? But, but I get where they're coming from because, hey, like, there's a lot of money at stake here, innit? So, um, man, it's a tough situation. But ultimately, ultimately, when it comes down to it, it has to be safe, innit? It's that simple, man. Yeah. No, no, definitely agree. Um, so, yeah, no, um, again, yeah, definitely safety is the most important thing. Um, but, you know, going into a league that thinks it's safe to play, uh, we're going to talk about Bundesliga and their potential return, uh, which is titled to be next week, if I'm correct. Uh, they're going to play games behind closed doors. We have our Bundesliga correspondent here, uh, Dan. 
Um, yeah, so we're, we're, what we see on Twitter, when we're on Twitter and stuff like that, we see these like weird football accounts and they've changed their name to somebody. So they might change their name to somebody like Nkuku37 Regista or something like that. Or they might change their name to Sancho's, Sancho's left foot or whatever. And whatever, you know, just different players that are playing abroad. And the thing is, we, um, you know, in the UK... One year we're ignorant because we think the, the the Premier League's the best league in the world, and two, a lot of us haven't had time to kind of um, you know watch these players. So you know we just don't believe uh, things that have been said like on on social media and stuff like that. So today, on the main account, we asked um, we asked you know the the Touchline Frackers uh, people, the community. To, to give us some names of some players in the Bundesliga that we should look out for. Um, and I'm just going to reel off some of the names. Um, and then, yeah, I just wanted to get some of your thoughts on these names and if you've seen them um, already. So um, the first one was Julian Brandt, uh, Davis, Sancho, Sibitza, Rashia, whatever his name is, Leon Bailey, Havitz, Diaby, Haaland, Nkuku, Hakimi, Upamancano, Reyna, Gnabry, McKinney, Churam, Zakaria, Alassane, Plea, or is it Plea or Play? I don't know. Stutz. It's Alassane Plea. It's one name. Oh, it's one, one name. One okay. So it's one guy. It's one guy. Okay, okay, okay. Because the way it was written to me in the thing. Okay. All uh, right. Uh, this one is a madness. Uh, Sut Sebeda. Uh, that's a madness there that's a madness there Werner uh, is it Quazon Iverdi and Iverdi Iverdi and hey this is killing me before I started the project I looked at these names and I said, "There's no chance." I said, "There's no chance in hell." <laughs> I looked hey. at these names, and I said, "Fam, I've never mentioned these names ever in my life." I'm thinking, oh. <laughs> oh my days, fam! I was like, "All right, cool, Davis, nice, nice fucking British name that is here, yeah, right, <laughs> Sancho." Yeah, love it, love it. <laughs> when it got to some bits up, it was all over. <laughs> It was all over from there, bro. Uh, yeah. Oh, um, nah, you know what? Oh, I, now, I, now I don't blame the teachers in school when they used to jack up my name, bro. Brutal, bro. Brutal. <laughs> Brutal. Brutal, bro. <laughs> to be fair, if you ask me to say a Yoruba name, I'll be patting. But these next names are not, hey. It's, it's, yeah. it's different. A bit tough. Anyway, um, yeah, man. So, Dan, Bundesliga correspondent, talk to me about some of these players and some of the players that you rate highly. And then we're going to go on uh, to the other lads and any of the players that they've seen and stuff like that. Yeah, I think um, from the players that are right, Halley, I think most of, most of you guys probably have seen them in the Champions League, right? So anyone that plays for Dortmund or Bayern Munich is pretty good. Um, yeah, pretty fucking good. Um, Haaland, Sancho, I mean, they're pretty good. Everyone knows about them. I think one there's one to look out for that you might, might not have seen that close up is Hakimi, um, alone from Real Madrid. Um, he can play on the left or right. He can play as a right winger, a left winger. I see them over there. Yeah, he's he's very good. Um, I think one thing that um, teams in the Bundesliga really, 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 really um, rate highly or value is a fullback that can transition from 
the, the first phase of the pitch to the last phase of the pitch as quickly as possible, defensively and offensively. Um, so all the fullbacks are usually very good in transition. And uh, Hakimi is Hakimi's sensational in transition, really, going forward and defensively. So um, he, the games are a bit higgy-higgy sometimes. <laughs> um, but, um, so this, this is where someone like Sancho would... would would um would um would um look look out and what like he would stand out just because he has that he has that quality in the final third. He makes the he makes the decision um and the right decisions most of the time. Um, um and he's a very super, super smart player and he has the execution as well. So I think if you have real real quality, uh, you stand out in the Bundesliga. Um, if you don't, then you just you just one of the pack. So there's a few of them where a few of the players where I think they're quite talented. But not necessarily good enough to probably come to the Premier League and make a big difference. But someone like Sancho can, someone like Haaland can, um, Hakimi can, Havertz can, um, some good players. I think there are some players that others might have not seen too much before. Um, so Musa Diaby, I think, is a quite good player. Um, relatively early into his development in senior football at the moment, but very good in 1v1s. Um, shoots well with his left foot as well. Um, so I think that's a player that potentially um, could get to that level where you think, yeah, he's good enough to make a real difference at the bigger stage. But um, for now, I think he, he, he's just one to look out for. Um, I think who else, who else did I say? I sent, I sent someone over to Luke. Yeah, I, send, I said to him, um, also the centre-back from Schalke, Kabak, is quite good. Um, so um, I think the game to look out for this weekend is Dortmund-Schalke. So it's a big, big derby. Um, see if he will play. I think last couple of games before that broke up, he didn't play. I think he had an injury, carried an injury. And Palacios from Leverkusen is quite good as well. Um, I mean, there's Bundesliga, they're not afraid to play the young players. So um, there's a few young players you'll see and you'll be like, ah, oh, he's decent. Um, the N-OLED display in the Cadillac Escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display. So why do we give it a curve too? I guess you could say we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. You're on mute, mate. Yep. So any of you seen any of the players? Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Alfonso Davis, I, I, to be honest, I, I know he's a young prospect from Canada. Um, he was called, uh, he, I actually know that he was called uh, shifted Alaba to set, not shifted, but Alaba wanted to play more centrally. And I don't know about that, Dan, um, Dan because did Alaba not play DM like under um, Van Gaal at uh, Bayern Munich? When he, when, he, when he first come through, he wasn't a left back still. Yeah, he got moved. He got moved, and then it was like a bit of a revelation. So, so which is kind of similar to. Um, Davis as well because he's a left winger and he, he's been pushed back in it. So uh, I think yeah, left. Um, he's been explosive. I've, to be honest, I'm not gonna lie. Um, I've only seen him in the Champions League, but especially against Chelsea, that was the game where he. Ooh, had, oh, he, uh, he gave that us. Damn. That was. Yeah, that, that was a game. Damn. He gave us work. He gave us work. <laughs> and the maddest, the maddest, the maddest thing was, he gave us work. I can't lie. But the maddest thing was as well is that it wasn't even just the fact that obviously, um, he's great going forward but I think um, oh, one thing that you it? definitely yeah the, the thing that you get away with especially when you have the kind of pace and athleticism that he has is that you don't have to be like an Ashley Cole kind of defender at left back to, to look good defensively sometimes you just have to have decent recovery and enough strength like and a, you know a little bit of know-how to, 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 to defend well do you know about that huh? do you know about that right? don't worry, man. you've got that, that. 
He did mention recovery there and you mentioned Trent, but go off. Exactly. Trent, we struggle with that recovery, B. But like, Alfonso Davis, now, like, there was a few times, funny enough, even in the game against them by me, in the first half, because they didn't start piping us until the second half. Like, first half, we'd actually got through a couple of times, but the few times that we got through, Davis was there. Like, he, he, the guy had yards. I think Mount or someone like that had yards on him. And like, Davis just come out of nowhere. He had yards on him, bro. Yeah, you remember? The way he caught him was so... And the thing is, he caught him and he, he, he out... Like, the way he out-muscled him was crazy, him. bro. Yeah. And he won the ball back I mean. so clean. And that's what I mean. So clean. He, he yeah. finds he's able to find Lewandowski or Gnabry on the other side really, really well. Um, even that, yeah, and he, yeah, yeah. I like him. I, I like him. I like him. Good player. Yeah, Honestly, all like all round, he seems to have it all round in terms of um, like his uh, actual dribbling, his technical base is really good. Um, I'm just I'm just judging him from what I've seen in it, which isn't much. It, it was the demolition at Chelsea, because um, <laughs> Brav. Honestly, what he did that day. I've never, I don't think I've ever really seen a left back like um like a how old is he? What's he? Nineteen? Eighteen or nineteen, yeah. bro. Eighteen, nineteen. I don't think I've ever really seen a left back um like that age um give that complete a performance. Yeah. Um, Dominance. And this is like the the top 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 level, bro. And he just like absolutely he just he just shut his flank down that day and he embarrassed Reese James, man. Kicked his ass, but anyway, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it, was, uh, it, was, it was a very good performance. That's, that's what I'm saying. I, I, kind of, I kind of forgot to mention him, to be fair. But, but again, it ties into what I said about fullbacks, um, especially Dortmund and Bayern Munich. They, they won fullbacks who are um, excellent in transition going forward and defensively. Um, uh, Afonso Davis is, uh, is ridiculous. And, uh, I think, I'm not sure if, you, if you've seen the assist before. There's one assist where he literally has the ball um, by um, by the penalty box, by Bayern Munich's penalty box, and he yeah. does like a couple one twos, and he paces, he goes eighty yards, and he claps it for um, second post for um, I think Gnabry or Lewandowski to tap it in, uh, and honestly, it takes like ten seconds the whole move. So um, absolute physical specimen, but also very good and um, uh, going one v one, and he's also quite good with his right foot. So that's something people might not know, but he's very good at just coming inside and shooting on his right. And he will find it. He find the bottom corner. He's 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 the ace of that. Yeah, no, he he definitely looks um at another level. Um, so lads, other than uh, Davis and uh, the few that um Dan has mentioned, anybody else that you guys could potentially be looking at and uh, have your eye on? We gotta look for um as a Liverpool fan, I've gotta look for Werner. Um, we've been linked to him pretty heavy over over the over the past season and. I, I like him, but I've like you know what he's one of them guys that on highlights he looks great and he the goals that he scores is a shooter, very explosive. He can drift onto the left and come inside. Like, I like him compared to especially um, Mr. Robert Roberto Firmino, who doesn't like to shoot a lot and or either just hmm. doesn't find goals. We're not going to talk too much on that one because we've yeah, seen a couple actually, shots. We see, I, 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 I think shots. you'll find. I think you'll find that he does take shots. It's just that he misses. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Oh. Where? His yeah, XG no, no, is quite embarrassing. No, me either. Like, I don't, Ooh. I don't really like that up front. But I like him. Good player, but he's not. A, he's not a number nine to me. But Werner looks. Ah, uh-huh, yes, yes. Of course, not. 
what, what I have seen. He's just playing number nine for three, four years in a row. But, um, yeah, but he, he's not, you know what I mean? Like, he's, he's not a shooter. Yeah, he's not he's a shooter, not. man. And I've, and I've come to accept that. But with Werner, he looks like a shooter. Like, he looks the part. He looks like he's explosive. He looks like he knows where to find the net. Right, your goals, he can link up really well with, um, with his um, front three. So I like the look of him. But I remember him at the 2018 World Cup when everyone was so impressed by him and he kind of bolted a bit. So I don't know if it was a mixture of, you know, the German team just being burnt out and they're not having a good World Cup in general or him just being young and inexperienced. But um, I'm going to definitely, he's the one that I'm like, you need to, yeah, I would love to see a lot from him um, during this time when, you know, we're going to be concentrating on Bundesliga a lot. Mm. I like Werner like a lot. I think like, one, I player, think one player for me. Go on, go on, Devin. No, go on, then, go on, then. Yeah, I was just going to add that. I, yeah. think, I, I was just going to add that. I do think Werner has some deficiencies in this game. Um, so, I think at the World Cup, especially, he struggled because the teams were, the teams were deep. And um, there was no space behind for him to run into. So um, he didn't look as great. And he was coming onto the wing a lot. And he's not a very good 1v1. He's obviously fast, but he's not a dribbler, really. And he's one of the... He's, he's a, I think he's very transition-based um, as a striker. Um, I think in Liverpool's system, he would work well because you guys are unbelievable in transition. Um, and he, he fits into that well. But if he goes into a team where they have the ball and um, they need him to be... Um, some sort of Aguero type of striker. I'm not quite sure he's that. The thing is on, with Germany. Oh, sorry, just before the thing is with Germany and their highlights. Like we've seen over the last couple of years, like, when German players come to, like from the Germany come to the league, it's very very hard for them to adapt. So I do agree that like, that's why I'm kind of skeptical of him because we've seen the Naby Keiters, we've seen Mkhitaryan, we've seen like I don't, I don't know who else has come from the Bundesliga, but they haven't like got to the pace because you know the our high lines are not on crack like in the Bundesliga. Like we sit back and sit deep, so them having those attributes that they um, that they had in Bundesliga that made them so great, it's kind of hard for them to transition it over here. So it'll be interesting to see Werner um, over this time if he, we do make the move from what he's lacking in the Premier League. Yeah, man. Um, I wanted to say the players, um, I'd say the two players that stick out to me the most from that list. Um, obviously, Hakimi, I just want him, I want him to come back, bro. I'm tired of um, Carvajal. Okay, so you see him, you see him, fit, you see him fitting in at right back, yeah? Oh, straight away, man. And and the thing is as well, because you can play both sides. Um, you know, it's just fun. It'll be fantastic to have him in the team because if you want to say, um, okay, cool, like Mendy out of the team or whatever, um, just for sake of rotation and that, then you can put him on the other side. Then you can play Carvajal and stuff like that. Because um, you know, I just think right now, um, I think Hakimi is ready to come back and just play week in week out at Real Madrid. And um, also, Nabri, flipping hell, man. See Nabri, yeah. I don't know when it happened. I don't really know when, when like, he ascended, like, he became Super Saiyan to go on. I don't know when it happened to him. But, I think bro. it was when his Pulis tried to boy him and say he's not good enough. He said, no, nah, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> I am not. Maybe, bro. <laughs> you. Because what I see of him now, like, his finishing, his dribbling, the, um, the speed, like, that's his all-round attacking player as, like, a um, wide forward, yeah. He is just peak, bro. And every finish is just lasered into the corner, bro. Either yeah. foot, doesn't matter. Distance, in the box. Um, he, he's, just, he's just peak, man. And I think, um, obviously, Bayern, they're not going to let him go, in it? But, um, boy, if, if uh, Madrid were looking, I'd look at him, bro, because I think, I think he's that good still. I, I think... Uh, no, go on, yeah. 
sorry, um, Julian. I was going to say about um, to touch on Hakimi as well. I think with um, Hakimi right now, I think I agree with the with the with um, Demian in terms of him going back to Madrid. I think especially where if you look at um, obviously they've got Hazard on the left, and if he does play left, it would be interesting to see how him and Hazard link up down that side because Hakimi is like a proper link up player as well. Like he proper gets involved in like all the play. You see him sometimes centrally. At Dortmund, like I just feel like he's everywhere on the pitch at times, especially when he's in attack. Um, he's a little bit different to like Davis in terms of like he's not just all pace and and power. He's like got a little bit more flair and stuff like that. That like he's proper like proper good. I feel like in the attacking in the attacking firm. But um, yeah, man, Hakimi's definitely the one I'd I'd want to watch as well. I feel like he's. I'm watching this situation still because I feel like Chelsea are still looking for a left back, and I've seen that a couple links here and there. And I was thinking, yo, if we could ever snap a player from the Bundesliga right now, it would probably be um, him because, yeah, man, definitely yeah. need someone like that. I've seen, I've seen Hakimi as well, and one thing that I, and I, Davis didn't have this, so I wasn't as alone. But the one thing I, um, with Dortmund is that they're lucky so far; they haven't really been playing, or from what I've seen in the Champions League, they haven't really been playing like defensively disciplined teams. Even PSG, I um, mean, the round that they just had. Um, they weren't the most defensively disciplined and they were just bombing forward, bombing forward. So Hakimi's always had that kind of freedom to, you know, show that bit of flair. But in like, you know, when it gets to the later stages in the Champions League where you kind of need to buckle down or you kind of need to concentrate because you're up against the most elite, of, um, most elite wingers, I would like to see him and what he's got. And with Gnabry, yeah, with what Dem said, uh, the hunger from him is, it's kind of weird. Like, he looks like every single game that I've seen him in, and funnily enough, it's always when he's come back to London, all the games that I've seen him in, he just looks focused on just beating up the team that's there. Like, against Tottenham, what he'd done um, at the White Hart Lane Stadium was an absolute massacre. I haven't seen something like that in the Champions League in a while. And he was, he looked like so hungry. And also at Chelsea, when he came back, he looked like, yeah, I'm, I'm here to show, to show everyone. So I would like to see what Gennady's got as well. Um, mm-hmm. It's interesting with him because like a lot of young wingers, like, you'd, you'd assume that... Um, the way his career was going, you would never have pictured him at Bayern doing what he's doing now in terms of like the early stages. But it just shows like with some of these young wingers, you've got to kind of give them time to like just kind of get their consistency going and get their game time in and stuff like that. Because I feel like with Gnabry, he probably feels at home now. And especially where he's got so much consistency with his game time and that, he's been able to work on the things that he probably weren't doing as well when he was a little bit younger. Because he's not even that old now. You know what I mean? But Obviously, the quality was there. He's just he's just somewhere where he can just work on it day in, day out, consistently get game time. And he's up against like decent teams every week. So, yeah, man, I feel like the, the Gnabry transformation is probably one of the best ones I've seen in a while. I, 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 you, I sense in your voice when you're talking about consistency and about team and young win, wingers, you, you kind of want us to be easy on your boy Cho. <laughs> no, not even. I don't, I don't even need you. I don't even need you to be easy on him because, because realistically, five minutes for a minute, for a minute so mm. it's, it's not really a thing. Like five minutes weren't really coming for you, man's wingers, because they weren't really saying much. But oh, uh, man. I know the streets are on the own show, like. But yeah, we, <laughs> yeah because, uh, you, you know, I, I, I'm gonna keep with, an eye on that one. I'm gonna keep an eye on that listen, one. Listen, still. listen, we listen. Wicho, Wicho, it's a calm, it's a calm thing. I, I kid you not, fam. Like Wicho. I think the one thing about him right now is that he is, at this age, you're very much a confidence player. I think a lot of players at this age, they, they go off a lot of things like um, 
they go off a lot of um, confidence and that, especially from like your managers and like in terms of like when you're not doing well, your head goes down very easily. I think with Cho right now, that's what that's what's been happening a lot of the time. I think when things are not going off for him and that, he just had his head down. But by a minute, one of them, so. I'm mm. sure he's, he's confident. No, no, no. Like, <laughs> I see, I see, I see. You know what? You know, you know what I think about. So, what you said, Joe? No, I said Bayern Munich wanted Jacker as well. So I can't like this whole Bayern Munich wants you stuff. <laughs> 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 no, but you know what? You know what with Chol, yeah? You know what with Chol, yeah? I really, I, I, you know what? I think he really should have taken. If he could have got that move, he should have taken yeah. it because um, I feel just, I should just feel like cult- Yeah, I feel like culturally as well, um, especially playing in Germany. It's just yeah. like a much better environment for a young player to play, because um, you know, and, and especially with England, with the way we would just pam any young player that, that comes on and he doesn't, if he's not, doesn't if he's do not well, yeah. doing his thing, get this young that, bum out of here, man. Yeah, no cares, that's, that's what I'm trying to say now. Like that's a good environment. Yeah, because that's what that's what it's like now. I feel like with a lot of the Chelsea, a lot with a lot of the Chelsea fans, they're so used to seeing a lot of the players come in and just do well, like recently in recent years a lot of the players that we buy most of them like they come in they do or they hit the ground running and we go on to like you know you know be successful with, with most of them but like with with Cho because he's come from the academy now all of a sudden the fans ain't used to this they're not used to giving man time like Mason Mount as well like he's had patches in the season as well like where he's looked poor but at the same time he needs that consistency in the, in the first team to, to you know develop his game and that but with youth generally and this goes back to the Gnabry point they need consistency, which is which is the most important thing. And Cho hasn't yeah, had that. Time. Yeah, Cho hasn't had that. Mason Mount has thankfully had that this season, and you can see like the improvements in his game, like um, towards the end of the season, especially. But yeah, I think it will be interesting to see how it pans out. To be fair, but yeah, I, I agree with you when you talk, when you talk about like culturally, Germany they love to like put their faith in the kids, and they kind of give them the freedom to just play their game with a smile on their face and and kind of get the fans that like, even the fans as well they get it like they don't they don't um um and ah when like they the kids are not doing well they kind of get behind them and they want them to do well so I feel like it is definitely um something that I think Germany are going to be looking out for in terms of like we've got a lot of good kids at the moment in England and I think you're going to see a lot of them going out to Germany because yeah like you said like that's that's where a lot of them are starting to do well now obviously with Sancho leading you know the spearheading the whole thing at the moment Mm. Yeah, no, speaking on that, I'm just following on that. Um, just would like like to ask, um, so for your respective clubs, if you could pick two players from the Bundesliga to come in to your club, so Dan, it would be Arsenal. Um, so yeah, to come into your club and money wasn't an issue, you'd just bring those two players in that would um, improve your team. Who would it be? Um, Julian, I'd like you to go last because um, although I said money is an, an issue, you guys are still furlough FC. So we're going <laughs> to um, So, yeah, yeah. Um, yes, yeah, start from Dan. I'd like to know your thoughts and, on, on the two players. I mean, um, the first one would definitely be Uber Meccano. So um, uh, it's, it's widely reported that, we, that we're in a hunt for a centre-back. Uh, we need a centre back that is um, physically capable. Um, also can play football. I think Opamecano is a very, very good player. Um, he, he's got the lot. Um, so where he wants to go is really his pick from um, from here on. I think Bayern Munich are trying to get him at the moment. Um, so I would definitely pick Opamecano um, as my first pick. Then we also need someone in the midfield. So this is where it's a bit more sticky. But um, who would I pick? 
I think I'd go for a creative player. I'd go for, I'd go for Kai Havertz from Liverpool. Uh, when he wasn't an issue, it'd be Havertz and Upamecano for me. Sick, sick, sick. Um, Dems? Um, yeah, for me, um, I'm going to do a bit of a cheat here because I think Hakimi's coming back home in it. So, um, but he would have been one of my picks if he was like a, a Dortmund player in it. But um, I would go for uh, Haaland because obviously Benzema's getting old, as wavy as he can be. Um, Haaland, 19 year old striker, I think he's 19. 19-year-old striker and got the world at his feet. He just looks like he's going to get better and better and better. Um, and also, I would go for um, Nebri as well because, again, um, cool, Hazard's there, but they'll done. <laughs> um, and then there's just not much um, great options in terms of the wide areas at Madrid, in it? So I'm definitely going for um, Haaland and Nebri. Cool. Jermaine? Yeah. Um... Yeah, like I said, Hakimi, if I could get him, I'd want him to come to come to Chelsea and probably fill in at left-back. If he could uh, do a job there, then that would be proper sick. I think we definitely need a full-back at the club at the moment in terms of especially on the left. Um, and then, yeah, the links are there, in it? Like, my United and Chelsea being guy like it all, all um, pretty much all season, really, talking about how they want Sancho. But, yeah, Sancho, for me, is, is probably the standout in terms of what I'd want at the club at the moment. Um, I will say though that I feel, I feel like with with Ziyech already, I do think we've got somebody that will will come in and and do a madness. I think he's going to come in and do a madness in the league. To be fair, but I think Sancho coming in just gives us that. Um, you know, it's weird because I don't actually think he's going to do the same productivity that he does in Germany and England. I don't think it's going to be the same thing. I think a lot of people are going to be very shocked to see the numbers that he produces in his first couple of seasons. But um, I think it, I I think it think depends who he goes to. Yeah, if he goes City, I can see him do it. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, but like in terms of his, just his general gameplay and that, I think yeah, I would, I would love to see him at Chelsea as well on on the right. But yeah, man, Hakimi and, and Sancho would be my two picks. Does anybody want breakfast, guys? Let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The breakfast stampede meal. It's only at McDonald's where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just 2 bucks on the one 2 3 menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Cool. Julian, last but not least. Uh, uh, out of that list, of course, Werner. I would love to have him up front. Um, explosive, as I mentioned before. And um, one that that I'll, that's a bit, because, you know, we're not really, we don't really need anyone apart from, I would say, I would say Mukiele, because he's a right back, and I've, this season, the only graph that I've had in terms of, um, in terms of Liverpool is our depth, and especially at fullback, it's been quite poor, like, we've had Milner come in, Gomez come in, different, like, diff- these needy youths from our academy come in. Uh, so, just, to, just to quickly touch on that, yeah, there's like a, a, a mixed race boy who's basically younger Trent, and what I see him play, yeah, I can't remember his name. He plays for Liverpool, innit? He was basically trying to do crossing in Shadow, but it wasn't as good. <laughs> and it was making me. Is that like, Curtis Jones guy? Yeah, it was finishing me. I'm like, bro. I'm like, he's try- He's basically trying to play like Trent. And I was like, fam, like. I, 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 I try to not be so harsh on these youths, yeah. But every time I see these Liverpool youths play, I'm like, 
Jesus Christ, none of you are. <laughs> none of you are, are like levels like that. Like at least you know when you see like, for example, like Arsenal and you get Nketiahs, you get the Sackers, you get someone to show you a bit of something, you get the Greenwoods. I look at what, some. What about my man? What's my man's name? The one that got the medal haircut. Like what, we got hair. What's my it's man? What is that? What Brewster says? You see him, yeah. That's what. <laughs> you see him, yeah. This is what I'm saying. This is Ellis's boy, in it. Like all the man them told Ellis, listen, that's your stocks. That's your portfolio over there. If you want to put your your stocks into him, that's him in it. The cop in Frankus. I'm just letting everyone know. That's not our stocks. That's Ellis's personal stocks there. Um, we don't that that you still has time to grow. We like him. Good you good trim with the with the gold medal. We like that you got the gold medal boost up. You need to come back stronger after the injury, but yeah, fam like What about no, what about no Harvey Elliott? You know, I know you burn rate these youths and that that Harvey Elliott. Harvey Elliott he's, he's he's good, but he's young in it, like there's not a lot you can take from a young like he's literally like a schoolboy when he comes on that. Like, you see him, he's so small, he's got quality there, but at 16, like, you know, he, like, he's not Wayne Rooney in it, so I can't really, like... He's a him. bit of a wayward dude as well, isn't he? Uh, he's a roofian, I can't lie to you. He's a, he's, he's a, a roofian. He's, he's definitely <laughs> one... That's, that's, he's going to say he's a roofian? Yeah, a roofian. <laughs> Are you looking for the word ruffian, mate? A what? Oh my God! Hey, I, 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 was, I was thinking he was pronouncing like that on purpose. I was like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> "You've been going your whole life doing that, bro." Hey, listen, I tried to, I tried to bring some extended vocabulary. You, you, you sounded like me with a with the German name. Hey, yo, <laughs> Dude, I, I know, you, I know you haven't been going your whole life and saying Rufian all over the place. Bro. He's a Rufian. He's a Rufian, mate. <laughs> Yeah, no, but you know what, um, <laughs> hey, Julian, don't oh, you think you're really? like a, a centre mid, though? Or are you happy at centre mid? At centre mid, yes. Yeah, it's a weird one because I've come to accept that our centre mid is just never going to be creative for us to work. So you're just happy with the workhorses, yeah? Yeah, I, I just, I'm just happy because right. what I've accepted is that our full-backs and um, maybe Firmino, when he decides to you know, drop back deep, is our, is our creativity. So uh, having someone like Sabitzer or I can't, I don't even know who's, a, who's another centre mid. Um, and Kung, and that Nkunku guy is kind of all right still. Yeah. But, um, but the last time you got bought a player from like RB Leipzig, it didn't work out too Yeah, much. man. So I, I'm not on Oh, yeah. You might still have Kater on that. Yeah. I mean, like, and especially um, midfielders in Germany, I'm kind of like, I'm cool on that. We've got one here. Let's just see where he goes. It goes. Imagine we've <laughs> we got one here. Yeah. We've got one here. <laughs> Trying to so. get rid of <laughs> Yeah. I mean, no, I'm just saying, like, he's got another season, you know, and then after that, we'll, we'll see. But boy, we've got one. Let's just. Call off on the stocks in there, and then yeah. So for me, it'll be Mukiele and um, Werner. You know and what? I still kind of think that Qatar. I still think he's got something in him, bro. I still think I don't. I don't know where it is because I know he's got ability, bro. Doctor Umar, you just believe in him. He's like he's the Doctor Umar. Nah. Just, just <laughs> I, I, I want to believe in him as well, but it's getting to the it's getting to the point where you can't keep making excuses. You can't keep saying, "Oh, he's no, nah, there's no excuses for him." Like he's been he's been poor in it, but. He's still shown like glimpses. Like there's been times, certain yeah. performances where he's been like, okay, like he can he can clearly play a bit. I agree. Still, but he just he just, he just hasn't put it all together. Like in terms and of, also, I, and I still feel like he hasn't gelled into the team properly. I also, I also don't think Klopp has done a good job in terms of like trusting him enough. Like I feel like, especially last season, we get we get we were going for the title, so you had to you know put the work towards midfield. But there's a lot of games where I feel like, and maybe it's because of his own fitness. Because I've even seen um, against Arsenal, maybe because he looks like a rapper. Oh, wait. No, I don't know about that. <laughs> you got to ask Klopp about that still. <laughs> but <laughs> I remember against Arsenal, there was one game this guy was playing, yeah? And 
he, I can't remember who he tackled. And then I just saw him limping and limping. And this was a League Cup game, so he was against Bear Utes. And I just watched him for the rest of the game, limping. And then after, it took, I think it was about five minutes, I was like, yeah, they, they just took him off. And I was like, this guy is just, he's, his body's just not with it. I don't know what it is, honestly. I don't know what it is, but he needs to get it together. But I, I have faith in him. He's a good player. He's showed quality. I've seen games where I've seen quality, so I'm not too mad in terms of thinking that, yeah, this guy should be out of the team completely. But he needs to show him more, 100%, especially for the price tag and the hype. No, a player that would have suited um, Liverpool, I thought, would have been Havertz. But the only thing is, like, um, when Chelsea were linked with him a few weeks ago, and I, and I took some time out to go watch him in it, and I was watching the two legs he played against Porto in the Europa. And the only thing I'd say about Havertz is that he's, he's like, he, he's kind of like got this Urzel vibe about him. Like, he don't really look like he's trying to work too hard when he ain't got the ball. He lacks a lot of aggression as well. But the thing is, when he gets the ball, quality. that midfielder that you lot need, yeah, exactly. That, that midfielder that, that you lot need in terms of quality, in terms of to, make, to make something happen. Like his numbers in terms of the system goals are quite good as well. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that's exactly what you're missing. But I don't know how Klopp would deal with his lack of work rate and his lack of aggression. Like it might be a young thing in terms yep. of he might just need somebody to try and get it out of him. But like generally, that's just how his body language looks. He looks like. Um, I definitely really he's the type of guy who will who, who won't throw you into the deep end if he knows you're not ready. Like with 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 someone like have habits, is that how you pronounce his name? Before yeah. I get I butcher it, habits. He's <clears throat> he's a very creative player, but I feel like with Klopp it'll take him like for him to be like, All right, cool, I can see that you're gonna work hard on this pitch. The same with I think Minamino. It'll probably take him like a couple of months out, just leave you out of the team. And especially Herbert, you're coming to a, a Champions League and soon to be hopefully win winning league side. Like you don't really have a leg to stand on come from by by Leverkusen and then coming in and saying, Yeah, I need to start every game. You're not you're not that guy. So Klopp can kind of be like have that leeway and be like, Yeah, you know what? You're gonna take a couple, you're gonna sit this one out, you're gonna work on your your attributes if that's if he does go for him, and we'll see from there. But again, with German midfielders, I'm a bit shaky still. Hey, hey. Yeah, I hear you on that. Uh, just quickly moving on. For, well, for, for me, my two players would be Davis and Gnabry. Just love Davis. Obviously, everybody said uh, whatever they've got to say about him. And Gnabry, just going off, literally going off the Champions League performances against the English sides, enough for me. Um, yeah, top, top, top player. Um, um, I, I like Sancho. I definitely like Sancho. But the level of performance that Gnabry showed me, it's it's mental. Like um, again, as, elite. Yeah, and he's got that extra PMP as yeah. well over Sancho. He's got the extra PMP. So. Ex- yeah, and he's played um Premble before as well. I know. Ex- well, Sancho has hasn't. I mean, Sancho hasn't. But um, because I, like, I feel, I feel like, like Nabry would come back with with a point to prove as well. I feel like Sancho will actually get more of your franchise player, Rashford, um, compared to Gnabry. That's what I would have went for him. Sancho is more of a creator. That's true. Self-care. That's true. And if Rashford's a uh, you know looking to be a franchise player up front. Um, I, I, I would rather, if I was Man United, I'd have Sancho above Gnabry because Gnabry is more of a shooter. He's an inside forward. So. I, de- I, de- I definitely I definitely get you on that but for me, the way how I, I vision it, the reason why I say Davis because I feel like Davis and Rashford can combine on the on the left and um, Gnabry's got so much PMP on the right that would just be him holding it down and then we'll just we'll just want our two wide forwards similar to Liverpool. You know, you've you got a guy in the middle that don't really do much so two wide players just... Um, 
you know, banging in the goals. That's basically how I envision it. <laughs> you should be able to relate to, to the vision. No, I, I hear it, I hear it. <laughs> you should be able to relate. So, yeah, like, yeah that's, that's basically how I, I envision it. But no, I, I, I definitely respect Sancho. His, his creativity is definitely on a next level. Um, but just for, just, just in terms of kind of like goals and uh, stats and whatever, I just feel like Gnabry is going to get me that. He's going to be hungry and just, yeah, it's direct. You're right side as well, like in terms of um, Saka. The thing is with Sancho as well, he, he plays well. Like if you've seen him when he plays with... Um, Combinations. He, he, yeah, he links up well with his players. And the thing is, if you've got someone like Bissaka there, in a way, that Gnabry thing works because then you can just say to Gnabry, listen, this flank's yours, you do your thing here. You, you're on your own. Because Bissaka's got you, bro. Don't worry, nobody's coming through here. Like Bissaka's got this 100%. Because we all know, like 1v1 right now, probably nobody better than Bissaka in terms of defensively like I stick by that I don't even care like if he's only been in two seasons like literally I don't see anybody going past that you hardly mm. in terms of when it's 1v1 this, this attacking stuff from Wambi Saka needs to stop because I think it's so so overstated like this no is, no it's not still it's not no, still no, it's not he's, he's, he's not he, yo he's yo, not the best, yo he's not the best Bissaka but the way everyone nah. goes for like it's the be all and end all of like his ability is mad like this you is so cold defensively. I'm being like, I'm having it in the Champions League semi final or quarter final. You don't need a man, trust me. You don't need a man that's going to bomb forward. You need a man that's going to lock down that right back play. So, in bro, the- fam, you see with Wan Bissaka, yeah. Whilst I, and you know what? One thing I'll say to him, credit to him, he's like incrementally been getting better, bro. He's been improving. Yeah. And I think with him, I think with him, it was a matter of confidence in believing that. Um, he can actually um, contribute um, offensively, like because he is actually quite a very good um, dribbler um, relative to a fullback. He can actually um, beat a player with um, his PMP, and um, he's quite tricky as well. Uh, technically, as a crosser, he's poor, and in terms of his build-up play, it's not. It's just not good enough yet. But he yeah. can improve, and he is improving. We, we literally saw that last season because he kind of started off. And um, Jesus Christ, man, it was it was it was embarrassing. But he kept on getting better. <laughs> he kept on getting better, and he picked out some peak crosses towards the end of, um, towards the end of the season. But um, as the season went on, so um, yeah, I yeah, definitely, definitely think he can um, still get better and better. And um, it's definitely not a waste of money um, or nothing like that. Um, you just got to do a Valencia thing. You just got to do a Valencia. But the thing, thing. is, you know what Valencia used to do just run down the wing and just bag it in the box. But the thing is, yeah, I, I, you know when I could even look at Valencia and stuff like that, yeah, Valencia had one great season at right back, and then other than, other mm. than that, he's been like rubbish and stuff like that. Yeah, I feel like Juan Bissaka is such an an improvement. So sometimes mm. I come on a pod and maybe exaggerated how bad he's been, and that's probably you know when you, you know when you look at your team overall and you're just taking yeah. it out on one player. When I kind of look back now at the season like in hindsight and I kind of look about look at his performances and stuff like that again as them said like he he definitely improved as the season went on and yeah like he does have a trick so like 1v1 he's got a little trick and he, his PMP can kind of get past you and he would whip in a decent ball like a like a, a a decent ball where if you had a striker on his toes or striker with with great movement and you know, uh, you know. Again, Marshall. One thing I'm trying to do is to to stop like rubbing out players, isn't it? So Marshall, mm. for some reason or not, like for some reason or another, he's always on his heels in regards to you ca- kind of like anticipating crosses and stuff like that. But if you get a striker that anticipates those crosses, 
you know, Wambasaka probably has three, four more assists this season than he, he currently has. So, um, yeah, no, I definitely feel, um, as Julian said, he's, uh, his poor performances have been overstated. And then well, yeah. that when you talk about like some of the big performances in the season, especially some of the matchups against Sterling, he's, you know, people have to definitely like give him his credit for, for like when we battered City, yeah, he was, he was instrumental in that because Sterling is very, very, he, he was City's most dangerous player, but Rambisaka had him on lock. It's, it's the direction of the game. Sorry, Julian. It's the, it's the direction of the game that is going in as well, isn't it? Like, obviously, with with a lot of fullbacks, like we've we just talked about um, Davis in terms of what he does attacking. We've talked about Hakimi. We've talked about um, uh, Trent. Obviously, everybody knows about his delivery as well. Even when you look at Reese James, like his strengths has like so far have been like his crossing and his ability to dribble with the ball. And it's like you look at all the fullbacks that you talk about these days; they're all good at attacking. But then when I ask you to, to name me fullbacks that are good at defending, man are struggling because you can't <laughs> the first person you think of is Bissaka. Because there's no there's hardly anybody else. There's, that's scary. To be in an era where you, you you're thinking about fullbacks and you can't name fullbacks that, that, that can actually defend, like properly defend. When that's meant to be your first job. That's scary. Oh, sorry, bro. Go, 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 go. You go, you go, no, no, Dan, go. You, you in your back. Okay, go, cool. Go, go. I think, <laughs> I think with that, um, I think that's just more of an indication of like where the game's going and how it's shifted and what we ask of, um, not what we, but what football's asking of um, players, um, especially at the top level, anyway. Like in terms of, you must be a seven out of ten footballer to be at the top level, bro. You have to, yeah. like, especially yeah. fullback. Because fullback is so important now. So you need to be able to um, contribute in the build-up. You need to be able to um, beat a man because sometimes um, you're not going to have a winger to, to beat a man for you, bro. You're going to have to do it yourself. Sometimes they'll leave yeah. you with the whole flank to yourself. And if you can't um, attack in a bunch of different ways, then you're just not going to be of much use to the team, bro. So that's why I defend it, especially with the top teams, because um, let's face it, you're not going to be defending that often. If you're going to have the ball 60, 70, 75% of the time, you need to be a really good footballer, bro. So that's why um, that's why it's probably shifted away from having like fullbacks that are just going to like, you know, just proper be tough defenders and that they're not really going to get beat and they're just going to play their one-twos and then swing the ball in and then, then run straight back down the flank. Nah, bro, you need to play football. Now, if you look at the heat maps, their, their, their positions are generally as wingers. I think, I think they're generally playing as wingers. I agree. I think that Pereira is a good example. Though. Pereira is like a very good example mm. of what you'd call a perfect fullback. The requirements of the game generally have changed. When Basaka um, and some of his attacking um, and, and play going forward. I think um, very obviously he has, he has improved quite a lot in, in, the, in this aspect. Um, but really, for me, I rate fullbacks on both. I don't say, oh, he has to be a bad boy defender. I think it has to be balanced. And um, as, as, we, as we said, um, defensively and um, going forward, you have to be peak physically. You have to be able to get up and down the pitch multiple times, have to be able to recover, have to be able to, when your team is counter-attacking, do, do that long bursting run support and potentially put in the last pass to kind of kind of get this going. So, um, yeah, fullbacks are hard, um, judged very harshly because the requirements of this position have changed so much and they are such big difference makers now. Like, look at Liverpool. 
Their fullbacks are peak physically. Um, Trump might not be the best going forward, but he's like ridiculously going forward. And um, the, get, the, the, the way they play is very, very reliant on them being able to do what they do. I might be putting 10,000 crosses in the game, but this is what they're relying on. And they have the time to do it, and they do it. Um, and even other teams, like Bayern Munich, their fullbacks are very good, technically. Very good at crossing. And it's the best teams have the fullbacks with the best technical quality. So um, this is why they're getting judged so harshly. I think Juan Bissaka definitely has a lot of room for improvement. But in a way, he's a, he's a bit of a unicorn because he is peak defensively, one one So he's basically like, I don't know, he's like a, he's like a key. You, you don't really get a fullback that you can use and lock a man up. And usually you kind of, you, you, you kind of, you, kinda, you have to, you have to kind of, you know you're going to come up against a top winger and you're, you're, the winger's going to do your fullback over a few times a game. You know that's going to happen. Yeah. With Juan Bissaka, it doesn't happen, which is why he's mad. So that's fine. He has this USP and he has still improvement to go um, and be better offensively. But ultimately, oh, unless you're as big as him defensively, um, you're going to be judged harshly enough. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. When people ask, Regina, do you like to compete? I say, bring it on. Those are the moments that drive you to achieve more. And when you win, you keep reaching higher. To me, that's what the Cadillac Escalade represents. It's always evolving in technology, in design, everything. Because success isn't the end. It's just the first step to what comes next. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Mm. And I, I think, I, I think um, that's actually a big reason why we're seeing um, so many people playing at fullback now. That if you look at um, the progression in the um, positionally, they weren't always fullbacks because um, that's why you're getting so many wingers and former centre mids that are now playing at fullback, bro. Because you need players that are really confident on the ball, like, just like um, Daniel said, bro. Because that's just the way the game's going now, man. It's moved on. It's moved. They're so important to attacking structures now. So important. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, definitely agree with uh, what you guys are saying. Um, so before we get into listeners' questions, just a quick random thought. Um, the Ajax coach, I'm definitely not going to attempt his uh, name. Dan, can you bring me in, please? Is <laughs> um, Eric Ten Hag. Jesus. Yeah, so my man, <laughs> um, my man <laughs> was quoted <laughs> in, in <laughs> oh, <laughs> my, my man was quoted in an um, interview to say, uh, today basically saying that he thinks Pep's only ever made one mistake and that was him underestimating uh, the pace and power of the Prem. Um, so when we, because he was uh, the reserve manager when Pep was at Bayern. So just before we kind of go into like a listener's question that kind of uh, relates to that, um, Dan, I just want to talk about, you know, the kind of the, the physical aspect of the Bundesliga. Can you kind of give us a wrap up on that and, and, and what you think? I think um, the Bundesliga is quite physical, but in a different way to the Premier League. So the Bundesliga is quite physical and in the way it's quite chaotic. Um, as you all know, um, a lot of teams play um, the counter-attacking footballing style, play gegenpressing style, which is quite high energy. Um, not necessarily has the same physical demands of the Premier League, though, because I feel like the Premier League games are different. They are, they are very physical, but in physical in a way of 
getting stuck in. Whereas in the Bundesliga, it's more, are we running up and down the pitch? We're trying to win the ball back together. This is a different requirement. And uh, the Premier is a mix of very physical and, and getting stuck in and also having to win the ball back and pressing very hard. So it's like, it's basically the peak of um, physical demands of all leagues, really. I think if I go, if I'd have to rank it, it'd be um, physically least demanding would be La Liga and Serie A probably tied. I think Serie A is probably less physical demanding than um, La Liga. And then um, I think um, the French league is very physically demanding. Um, I think probably similar to the Bundesliga, but um, they have more physically capable players. Um, so I'd, I'd say Bundesliga is obviously lower in terms of what the, what the physicality of the league, the Premier League, but it is still quite physical, and purely because it's chaotic. Um, you will see um, next weekend <laughs> when, um, when they're pressing uh, 90 miles per hour <laughs> for 45 minutes and then are completely tired in the second half and, and the good team pick them off. Yeah, no, no. Okay. And um, just following uh, from that, we have a listener's question from I, Dan Roberts, um, who says, can a player ever be elite level without elite athletic traits? So if anybody wants to answer that. Um, it depends. Yes. In this day and age, you can and you can't. Like, um, Ozil is a perfect example of that. Like, Ozil... What let's say he was at peak, he had peak at um, athleticism when he was younger. Peak, oh, but then yeah, yeah, it's tough. I, I'm that's sure. the thing. Um, I say, hmm, you know what? It's tough. It depends on it depends on, on on what we're talking about in the sense of athleticism because um, someone like that, uh, Messi, he's really really agile, really really quick. Um, but he's not—he's not like strong. He's not going to budge you off the ball. He's—he's he's not like—he's not a powerful, powerful player, in it. But um, and he has—I wouldn't say he's got elite athleticism by any stretch. But um, he's super agile. He can change direction really, really quickly. And um, Matt balance, though. His, te- his, his technique, his technique is—is is, you know, flawless. So, but then again, that's a, that's a real big exception to the rule, isn't it? So I think right now in today's football you know what I'm actually going to change my answer I don't think you can you know in today's football I don't think, I don't think you will see a player um, get to the top like the absolute top and he hasn't got some sort of like real serious capabilities you look at the best of the young players right now Mbappe he's a physical specimen bro you know as well yeah. as having superb um, technique and, and you know attacking instincts and stuff like that um, but he is a physical specimen the same goes for people like Davis and stuff like that Physically, they are absolutely unbelievable, bro, and really powerful players. I think those players, sorry, I think those players can only play in midfield. Um, it'll have to be someone who has to unreal techniques, like someone like Tony Kors, for example. I don't think he's physically very blessed, but oh, yeah. he's left, left footed, left foot and right foot, it doesn't matter. He can hit a ball 60 yards. Um, he can hit ball from all, all angles. He can touch the ball down easily. You have to be very, very technically capable like technically proficient to the highest level to be playing the midfield and be as physically incapable as Tony Cross in a way. And he has good stamina, but he has nothing that can create separation physically. And I think the biggest difference maker is creating separation physically and being able to create separation also through skill. So the best players in the world do that. Hazard, uh, Neymar, Messi. So that's why I think Messi is also peak physically because his acceleration used to be mad. Obviously, he's not the same anymore, but his acceleration used to be mad. The first 10 yards, 15 yards, he's gone. 
and also strong with the ball. So you have to be, I think you have to have both to be a difference maker or you have to be so peak technically. Like you have to be Tony Cross basically. I was going yeah. to say like, Tony, because the thing is like, at, at Chelsea at the moment, we have a problem like in terms of um, a lot of fans get onto him, but a lot of fans rate him at the same time. And it's, it's, it's kind of ties in with this thing about athleticism because Jorginho is a very good footballer. But he, he is probably a player that one of the players that probably lacks the most athleticism in the league. He's like, one of the weakest, joking. slowest men yeah. I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> one hundred. And I'm and the thing is like my gripe with him is that like I feel like as soon as it, it when when the game gets very, very intense and, and, and it starts becoming a theme of like physicality and, and pace, I think He's, he's clever enough to deal with it at times. So because he's such a good footballer, he can get out of situations because he knows, his, he knows like he's, all, he's two or three passes ahead in terms of like he's got two or three options of where to go before he even gets the ball. But when these players start hunting him down, sometimes you, PMP, you can't run away from it. Do you understand? Like sometimes yeah. you, if the team is hunting you you're a certain fucked. way, eventually <laughs> you're going to, yeah, you're just, you're effed. You can't, They'll, they'll run all over you. That like, Them guys like Ndidi and them guys, like if they're off, <laughs> that's, if that's it. Do you get what I'm saying? Uncle so, Wilfred. <laughs> so you, you have to be so, so elite in, in those positions. And I, and I look at someone like um, Verratti, who also doesn't really have athleticism like that, but what he has is he has mad aggression. So I think if you do lack it, mm. you have to have, you have to have like this kind of aggression where you can kind of still um, battle with these players. Do you get what I'm saying? Do you, do you know what? I think Jorginho is a super example because Jorginho, I think, has a few deficiencies. He's not good on his left foot. He's also... He, he, he's, he, I don't think he can win a header. I don't think he can but shoot the ball, really. So he's just purely... He's, he's playing football like... He's playing on 11 side pitch like a six-a-side. But he gets caught up more than someone like Kroos, for example, because Kroos, Kroos is a bit... He's strong. He can play... He's a little bit stronger, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah technically And also, also Kroos, you see Kroos... Technically, he's better as well, yeah. You see with Cruz as well, um, one great thing about him, he's got um, his first touch beats players. Yeah. That's yeah. one thing that with Cruz, like his first touch actually can, somebody pressing him, the way he can touch the ball and he, the he way he takes to his body, his face, yeah. he, will beat the, he will beat a player without having to actually dribble past him. Yeah. So that's a very good equaliser. So, you know what, I think a player that's not, um, that, doesn't, that doesn't have really good athleticism he can be a top player, but you need to have like some sort of equaliser that is like really, really like kind of offsets it kind of offsets your um, physical uh, deficiencies. Yeah, mm. yeah. Because Cruz, Cruz is elite in that in that in that um in that midfield role, especially when it comes to making that pass. Fabregas was the same as well. Like towards I was the just end about of the Fabregas, like he he doesn't have PMP at all, and he's and he and he got weaker as well, and he got slower towards the end of his career. Was, was, was it him and Kante, right in the mid? In the yeah, mid, yeah, yeah. No, that was that was the perfect combination for me. Yeah, his passing though, like in terms of his passing range and and his ability to pick out a pass, if you let him get his head up, that's that's it, you're finished. So with Jorginho, because he lacks that, and he, he doesn't even have that. He doesn't even have that Fabregas or that crew. He doesn't have that elite level technique. He doesn't, he doesn't have it. He, no, he has elite level technique, but he just doesn't have that pass. You know, like that range of pass. He doesn't have it in his locker. Like he, sometimes he, he tries to play a pass and I've seen it so many times, like fail to reach the player. Mm. Like that's what I'm trying to say. Like, and that for me is where... You know, you, cool. What, what you, I just don't think he has power. Even behind his passes, yeah? 
when he plays a long pass, that pass is not flying. That pass is floating. It's floating, bro. Wait, wait. So to so to 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 basically um wrap it up quick yes or no from everybody could you be elite uh without having um elite athletic traits yes or no yes you can yes you can yes but you need an equal but there's an asterisk here there's a, there's a big asterisk here okay, sure. yeah. <laughs> I, I, would say, I would say yes you can but i was gonna actually say it's relative to your league because Jorginho okay. was looking nuts in Lally, um syria uh, yeah, good point still if you if you come and when he, when you saw even at Napoli when it was time to buck someone with PNP in the Champions League they were always getting knocked out. Same mm. with Croats last year as well with Ajax. So Mkhitaryan when he came to this league he was very like he, in Germany. See you Liverpool out. fans don't listen. I said yes or no. My mum's went on a dialogue. So, uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. Is this variable? I actually don't yeah. know. Yeah, I, I say, yeah, yeah, no, nah, yeah, yeah. And Jermaine, what do you think, bro? I'd say, yeah, I'd say. Cool. Going on to the next question because we ain't got all day. Um, It's predicted that the financial state of football will be hit hard by COVID. Making these big transfers uh, will be difficult over the next five seasons. Some agent squads and lack of quality. How would each of the big big teams cope? Prem and Europe. But let's just do Prem. Well, let's do Prem and Madrid. We ain't got time for everybody. Uh, Personally, I feel like no Premier League team is was ever going to spend over a hundred mil anyway? Like even with Sancho, this Sancho deal, I don't think it was ever going to touch a hundred mil. So I think there's going to be a lot of trade deals. That's one thing that's, that I think is going to be big. Like you know, uh, swaps in it. Yes, two 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 loan swaps and fifty and like thirty mil on top, something like that. I can see that being a big thing, but I don't think any big money moves like um, uh, Neymar or or another Pogba was going to happen anyway because I don't think any players are really worth it these days to be honest apart from Mbappe of course mm. yeah no I, th- I think um, to be fair in terms of my I was going to say moment, yeah I'd... how would your club do so how would Chelsea yeah, do in terms right of, now in terms of my club at the moment I, re- I reckon Chelsea like set themselves up for this situation even though they didn't know it was going to happen I think they've set themselves up for it nicely because they've got so much youth coming through already. They've been pushing it from last season due to the transfer ban and due to obviously Lampard and Morris being being our, our, our management team. But um, like we've also had players that have been out for a bit as well in terms of like Ruben Loftus Cheek. Um, so yeah, I think I think we'll be fine. I think getting Ziek done really early was like it's looking to be like a really good move. Like even that's better. A, that's now. a masterstroke. Yeah, do you see what I'm saying? Because it's like. Now we've already got a new signing coming in and we don't really have to worry about if if we don't get Sancho, if you get what I'm saying, like that's not really as big of a deal now. I think um Mertens on a three is what we've been linked with a lot as well lately. And I feel like that's also like um I think that's also gonna be a masterstroke as well in terms of like still giving Tammy the confidence in in, in playing him and, and him being like our number one striker for, for, for the future. Um, and letting him improve in that. So I think Mertens is going to be a good deal as well if we can get it done. But yeah, a lot of frees, a lot of swaps. I can see like Jorginho going to Juventus and somebody coming from there, maybe in a position that we need to strengthen in. But um, yeah, I think I think we're more than more than capable of dealing with this situation. Uh, I think we've been ready for it from due to like last season in, in terms of what happened with the ban and all that. So yeah, cool. man, I, I, I say it's looking good at the moment. Uh, uh, Dan, your respective clubs, how would they do? over the next uh, five seasons in regards to not being able to make uh, big transfers? I have no idea, to be honest. I, I can't lie to you. I have no idea. And um, I think 
we'll see owner involvement, how, how involved they are and how, um, how much they're pumping into clubs as well. Um, I don't think our owner will pump in anything. Really, or maybe he'll, he'll keep us afloat, make sure the asset is, is running nice and smooth and uh, retaining value. But um, I think we have to be smart with our deals um, and um, buy players and then sell them potentially on. Um, I, w- I would actually adopt the Dortmund um, level or Dortmund style kind of um, recruitment policy, but um, I don't think they'll do that. I think they'll still want to do at least one marquee signing when 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 they can. Um, for the next transfer winner, I don't know what it's, what it's going to be like, but for the winners after that, I just think um, they, they, that's the vision they have, always to have at least one big signing in the window, even though I would go a bit of a different route, to be honest. Um, just t- touching on one of your clubs, yeah. Sorry, before I move on to Dems. Um, Aubameyang linked with leaving and as Henri said how can I expect him to stay when I left you know the great Henri um, so yeah what, what, what would you do in regards to so if Aubameyang leaves what, who, who's the natural successor what, what do you see happening in that position ideally um, so we'd have, you'd have to look where if he leaves now he's still in contract so we'll either get a fee or it'll be a swap deal so whether where's he going if he goes Real Madrid then we have to Take Jovic. If he if he goes um, Barcelona, I think we should try for um, Dembele. Um, so I, I think we we need to we need to be smart with the way um, if he leaves and where he goes and what we get him in turn, um, and just reinvest it into a young striker. I think we have Martinelli coming through, um, a young winger. Um, Lacazette is still going to be here and still going to be panned. So um, let's see. Um, it's, it's not looking great, but maybe he'll sign. I'll be I'm positive. <laughs> Cool. Dems, I'm quite interested to hear your... Actually, to be fair, like, yeah, I'm quite interested to hear your opinion because Real Madrid have a, a, a mixture. Yeah, um, there's quite a few older players that um, need to get shifted on and stuff like that. Um, I'm not quite sure how many years some of these players have in their contract and stuff like that. But on the other side, Real Madrid have been stockpiling young players for like, the last five, six years. And um, they've actually been quite good with loaning them out. And um, like the amount of players that um, do to come back to the team, um, I'm looking at it now. Like um, there's Kimi, um, there's Odegaard, um, there's Kubo, there's flipping, um, there's Ceballos, um, Vallejo, um, there's the left back at Sevilla, there's Odorizola. There's actually quite a few players to come back. So um, if they did want to make deals in which they were offering players out. Um, they have a lot of players in which they could actually use to exchange and they have a lot of good players that are just ready to come back and actually play at Real Madrid. And um, and then they also have a lot of money as well. Um, obviously, they're not trying to spend like that, but um, they have enough players to use um, to leverage for deals if they do want to bring players in. Um, people like Jovic, um, if they do want to bring in a Bamiyang just to come and bangles for like a year or two. Um, so I think, I think they're in a good position because... Um, there's plenty of young players and there's still the likes of Rodrigo and um, Vinicius and there's still like a bunch of players there that haven't quite yet um, hit that next level. But in terms of just having um, a talent pool, they have a very large, deep talent pool, um, both with players that are like um, prime age, and like people like Cruz and that. I still think Cruz is still like a top, top midfielder. And then um, there's the likes of Mendy, um, who I think Manny's actually peak, and then there's still Marcelo there. Like, so there's a, a good a mixture of um, players that they have. There. So I think they're in a good position um, if they want to get rid of players, and they're in a good position if they want to bring players in or they want to bring players back. Yeah, no, that's definitely a good uh, a, a good position. 
um, uh, to be in. Um, next question is from Daps underscore 95, which will answer quite briefly. So he says, who's the best mid-table side you've seen in the Prem history? Uh, for example, he's saying 2008 Stoke and 2006 Bolton. Does Aston, mm. Aston Villa count when they had Ashley Young, Gareth Barry in there? I'm picking West Ham with Paye. Yeah, West Ham would be my pick. Mm. I'm going to say Aston Villa with when they had Young uh, and all them. Yeah, that was a pretty nice team. Any, any mm. other teams? Can I pick Wolves? Um, yeah, yeah. And I think Wolves. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, I said, you know what, I think Wolves, yeah, I think Wolves are the best one that I, I could think of like, off the top of my head. I said, I said Wolves. Just to be different, yeah, just because they're in, they're, they should be probably sitting in fourth right now, but I'm, I'll give it Sheffield United, bro. <laughs> they're not even a mid-table <laughs> side right now, but boy, they're going to be, they seem to be Champions League, fam. And them man, they are, them man, they are moving yeah. mad. Like, seriously. No, but do, do you know what it is, yeah? Even following from Sheffield United, yeah. Inshallah, we start this league and we pam Sheffield, bro, because these men have been moving <laughs> mad. No, we need, we need to, we need to box Sheffield United around the corner, bro, because... Hey, listen, they're yeah, moving mad, because they're trying to be yeah. in that Champions League. Yeah, no, but 100%, yeah, man. Um, yeah, that's all we got for today. But lads, thank you for joining us. Um, you know, really appreciate it. Um, it's been it's been a good pod, and we're definitely uh, looking um, looking next week to, to to watch the Bundesliga. That the lats are going to be on. But yeah, man, thank you, Jermaine, Dan, Dems, Julian. Really appreciate your time. And yeah, make sure you use the hashtag Touchland Frackers. Um, yeah, we out. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Podcast Network.